Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Tom Compton with We Hold These Truths. Tonight, we're going to be speaking a, about an article that Chuck Carlson, the founder of We Hold These Truths, just wrote. It's available on our website, whtt.org. And the title of this is The Money War to Come After the COVID-19 Crisis ends. And of course, as everybody is well aware, we're in the middle of this COVID-19 crisis, and there's all kinds of theories going around about uh, how it started. Uh, and we'll probably get into a little bit of that tonight uh, in our discussions with uh, Chuck. We also have with us tonight, Craig Hansen, and he's our uh, outreach director in California. And we have Chuck joining us here. Chuck, thank you. We just did our introduction uh, to the program and I'm going to turn it over to Craig. I'm going to ask him to uh, open with a prayer. We certainly need prayer in this time of trouble in the United States and around the world, particularly with this COVID-19. Craig? Thank you, Tom. All right, let, let's pray together. Father, we thank you that we are not alone in this world, that we have your Holy Spirit to guide and direct us. We thank you that we do not have to be motivated by fear, but we can trust in you and that our sure foundation is in you. I pray for the, uh, the program this evening, that we will uh, honor you and what is said, and that we uh, recognize that our struggle is not against uh, flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in the heavenly places. We thank you that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world, and that we do not have to fear, but we can have our confidence in you. Uh, bless our time together, we pray in your name. Amen. Okay, Chuck, take her away. Chuck, we can't hear you. Your your uh, microphone must be off there. Sorry about this, ladies and gentlemen. Still no sound from Chuck. Unmute. Okay, how about now? Yeah, there okay, we go. Fine. Thank you. Okay. Almost about time. All right. Well, uh, good to be with you, uh, gentlemen, ladies, audience. Uh, as uh, is Tom on with us yet? Uh, have we have we seen Tom? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Chuck, I turned it over to you. Yes, we've already started. We've given the title of the uh, the paper. It looks like our guest is not going to be able to join us, Tom Lacavera. But uh, go ahead and take it away. All right. Well, um, uh, Craig's with us from California. We appreciate that. Tom's with us. We're sorry that um, Mr. Lacavera can't be here. He's uh, with RBN Truth Media, and we'll get him back another time. He's very interested in this subject and uh, quite knowledgeable. So we'll miss him tonight, but uh, we need to go on because uh, we're talking about un unprecedented ground that we're on. Uh, the things that are happening to us right now have, have have only happened a couple of times 
during uh, the run-ups for major wars. And even then, there was not the TV communications that we have now. Uh, so we have a huge distortions in the air. We have things that are being said that are not true. Uh, and we have actions being taken by persons and by governments and by, uh, by organizations that pretend to be part of government and aren't that are unprecedented. And in the midst of this, then we have the tragedy of people dying all the time. And, uh, and so we don't want to in any way um, minimize the agony and death that's going on uh, right in my town, in your town, everywhere we go. Uh, we don't want to minimize the inconvenience of staying home and uh, the financial cost of businesses being shut down all over. Uh, these are things that are real, but we sense in what we're seeing now uh, an abuse that's uh, taking place in the financial side of what we're doing. We, we see, for instance, um, the Congress meeting with the intentions of passing a, uh, a legislation that they say is going to cost $2 trillion in aid. Uh, some of this aid, maybe a third or half of it, will be going to individuals. We call this helicopter money because it's sort of spewed out in the direction of uh, supposedly needy people. And uh, some of us are going to get it and some won't. But uh, this, uh, this big question that no one seems to be facing is where is the true $2 trillion going to come from? Is it worth it? Uh, do we have to do this? Is it constructive? And of course, uh, the, the quick answer is that uh, the Congress of the United States, the president, nobody at that level has $2 trillion. They don't have $200. As a matter of fact, we are running a consistent deficit in our government. So then the question should be being discussed right now. Where is the $2 trillion going to come from for this aid program that's almost certain to pass Congress? We are going to, uh, we're going to address that today and perhaps in future uh, programs because it's too big an issue to uh, perhaps cover in one program. But needless to say, the, the Congress doesn't have the money. They're voting to spend money they don't have. So where is this to come from? Everybody agrees on this point. They all say it's going to come from the United States Federal Reserve. Of course, we have written about this, talked about this, interviewed people about this. And we know that, first of all, uh, the Federal Reserve is not the United States Federal Oops. Uh, the Federal Reserve is a international private organization that was formed in 20, uh, 1913 and that from the very beginning was controlled by international factions and it does not have money. But it was granted the capacity as a bank and banks have the ability to create, mo create money by making loans. They make a loan to someone, they give them a deposit in the bank uh, it's a paper deposit. The guy who gets the loan writes a check on it. The, the bank clears the check. Uh, everybody gets paid. Everybody's happy. 
Uh, it's just bookkeeping entries on the bank. The Federal Reserve Bank operates exactly the same way. It essentially creates money by making loans. And the, the difference is that instead of making loans to John or Charlie to start their business or to do some business function, uh, the Federal Reserve makes loans to the United States Congress. So then the Congress spends money that the Federal Reserve creates out of thin air. And of course, uh, this has led to our current government being in debt by, gee, what is it, $21 trillion at last count? Last year, in the last three months alone, another trillion dollars has been added to the national debt. So what we're talking about here is uh, Congress uh, creating a $2 trillion deficit that they intend to spend, and they fully expect this Federal Reserve International Organization uh, run, by, uh, run by bankers who own the stock in the Federal Reserve Bank uh, and is a pr totally private organization to fund this money. We are concerned about this. Now, this is a crisis that we're involved in. And of course, when we're involved in a crisis, we're not supposed to think about money. We're supposed to think about uh, the needs of the needy and the other uh, functionary things that are, are necessary to take care of during times of crisis. During times of crisis, we don't want to talk about money. We don't want to think about money. We just want to have it so we can use it and spend it. Well, unfortunately, the, the chickens do come home to roost. And in matters of this kind, we always do end up having to pay the piper. Somebody has to eventually pay the money. Now, the way it has worked in the, uh, in the 100 and what, 108 years that the Federal Reserve has been in business since 1913, 107 years now, uh, during that time, the debts of our, of our uh, government have gone up exponentially. There's no point in even trying to make comparisons. And not only that, but uh, this has, of course, resulted in a huge increase in the supply of money. And that increase in the supply of money has caused each piece of money to lose its value. Uh, at, uh, in 1962, the price of gold was $35 an ounce. Uh, it was considered money. Uh, and today it's $1,550 an ounce. It's gone up exponentially, reflecting uh, the loss in purchasing power of all of our dollars, of all of our money. The $2 trillion that Congress is getting ready, ready to spend is going to increase the amount of money in circulation without increasing the amount of goods and services that there are to buy with that money. And the net result of increasing the amount of anything that's used as money to buy products which don't increase in quantity is that the price has to go up. So the inevitable result of the $2 trillion that's going on is going to be inflated prices. Things are gonna go up. Now, the very announcement of this that took place over the weekend that the Congress was gonna spend this two trillion. And at that point, the Federal Reserve came out with that, also with its own announcement, just so everybody would be uh, comfortable and at ease. The Fed came out and stated that they were willing to fund unlimited money unlimited funds for purposes of fighting the COVID, 
virus. Uh, and we are for fighting the COVID-19 virus. But the, what the Federal Reserve has done is for the, as the very first time in all recorded history, the Federal Reserve has come out and it has admitted that it prints money out of thin air. It is said that they will actually create the funds to pay this. And they've come very close to saying, and we print the money. Uh, they haven't said those exact precise words, but everything they have said would lead a reasonable person to realize that's exactly what they're doing. Ladies and gentlemen, this is great progress because we, and we hold these truths, have been concerned about this since our starting 20 years ago, and are 19, and uh, we have, uh, uh, have been, uh, continue to be concerned about this, and we've associated with a lot of other really wonderful people who have been who've been concerned about this destruction of our economy slowly by destroying the value of our money and putting people in the position where they can't make ends meet. Uh, this is what's happening right now as, uh, as uh, everybody in our country is inconvenienced. Uh, we can't go to work. If we can't work on the phone at home, well, we're not gonna get a paycheck unless our company can afford to send us one. Uh, therefore, people are temporarily out of work. And because of the high cost of living that's taken place as a result of all this money printing, uh, all of our people, most, a lot, most of our people are desperate for cash and they will become more, more desperate for cash as time grinds on if the COVID uh, 19 uh, virus does not run its course or if there's not a, a method found to, uh, to cope with it. Uh, this shortage of money that's going that's taking place in every in many homes, millions and millions of homes are going to be short of money, uh, is of course the result of rising prices that means that people have not saved and they cannot they don't have savings adequate to get them through a two or three month no income uh, moment, no income time. This is exactly what people face. They face a, a time when they're, they're looking to face a, uh, a no income period when they somehow have to live on their savings. Uh, the savings aren't there. The, the reason the savings aren't there is the cost of butter and bread and gasoline and everything else we use, the utility bills. It's all gone up exponentially. And the cause of this has been, of course, this printing mechanism that's gone on in the, uh, in the Federal Reserve System and has been squandered. The money this wonder has then been squandered by our, uh, by our Congress for whatever purpose they see fit. Now, we're optimistic that COVID-19 will run its course. The reason we're optimistic isn't that we know a lot about it or a little about it. Uh, but we've seen these things happen before. I remember a polio epidemic. It was very early in my lifetime. It was thought of as potentially the end of the end of our civilization. The fears of it were terrible. A good friend of mine had it. Uh, he became a cripple for life. Uh, there was uh, the Spanish uh, flu in the 1820s that killed literally millions of people. There was a bubonic plague in Europe that took the lives of uh, a fraction of the European population, something like a fourth or a third of the population. Um, 
there have been these these events that have been these natural events that have taken place and uh, they have destroyed big segments of the population and we are as conscious of that as anyone else we don't want to get uh, COVID-19 we don't want to see anybody else get COVID-19 but we also don't want to be taken advantage of by people who are using it to their advantage and this is uh, indeed happening right now it's happening uh, in the doors of the Federal Reserve System where they are printing this money, passing it on to our Congress and Congress will spend it <clears throat> uh, in their own way and the debts will arise and the cost of living will go up as a result of this new money that's being printed and pumped into the economy and we will all suffer as a result of it. So this is the start of uh, where we are. Uh, this is the beginning of our problem uh, and uh, this is where we are. Uh, we want to uh, be a factor in this and we want to help educate people. So we need a little discussion right now about how we feel about the whole idea of COVID-19, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the epidemic that we're seeing, uh, what, uh, what others think about this. And I'm gonna ask, uh, first of all, I'm gonna ask Craig, uh, Hansen, who's with us here, uh, and uh, uh, gave us his great prayer to begin us off, and, and, and we need a lot of prayer. That's for sure. We need prayer for our health, but we all need also, ladies and gentlemen, we need prayer for our wisdom. This is a time when we need to be wise. We need to be thinking. So, Craig, do you have any thoughts or comments uh, on uh, the COVID-19 what we can do about it, what we shouldn't do about it, uh, how you feel about it personally, how others, you know, go ahead and talk to us. <laughs> well, uh, Chuck, as a Christian organization, we first and foremost have to look at the words of Jesus. And Jesus says, in this world, you will have tribulation. Okay, so here we are in a time of tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Like I said in I, on our opening prayer when I quoted from Ephesians, you know, our struggle is not against the the men mankind. The struggle is against the principalities that uh, are behind this. Bottom line: any you know, sin and suffering and all that came into the world through sin, and so this, the outworking of that is what we have today. You know, some people are saying, "Oh, this is you know uh, 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 a pandemic." I heard I heard that word. This is this is the pandemic, something that was set up. Uh, by the evil, evil mankind forces that want to depopulate the earth, that want to take over uh, a one world financial system, mark of the beast, and so forth and so on. I, I hear other people saying, well, no, this is just an old fashioned plague that God is judging the world for it, it, its sin. Um, other people are saying, well, uh, this is just an outworking of, of viruses that we've, like you mentioned, that we've gone, th gone through history. Uh, the, the phrase that comes to mind is when the, do not let a crisis go to waste. And we see that with the, with the banking you know, empire, because uh, as you talked about, dumping trillions of dollars into the economy is just going to make our dollar worth less until it becomes worthless. And so that that is kind of the, the goal. Uh, one one book, I, I just I, I love this one. This is a. Uh, uh, a, a good book that uh, talks about what what happened. You know, when um, when I was a kid, there there was 
there was penny candy. You could go in the drugstore and you could get five pieces of uh, candy, and uh, you you could, that that would be it. And now it's it's gone it's gone nuts because the money has become worthless. And obviously another one of uh, my favorites is uh, is this one, the creature from Jekyll Island by uh, Geoard Griffin, just talking about and discussing how the Federal Reserve came into being. And so this idea of inflation is not inherent just in the nature of things. It's it's by design. And as as Christians and who believe in the Bible, we need to to look at what does the Bible say about finances, money, uh, usury, all those kind of things. And going back to uh, to Deuteronomy, which is kind of kind of interesting. Uh, it says in Deuteronomy 25, a full and fair weight you shall have, a full and fair measure you shall have, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is living, uh, giving you. For all who do such things, who act dishonestly, are an abomination to the Lord your God. So taking money, creating it out of nothing, is making an unfair weight, an unfair measure. And it only benefits those who get to the feeding trough first. And that's what uh, G. Edward Griffin so, so eloquently uh, goes into uh, in his book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. So we've got all these different things going on. We've got it. We've got a spiritual issue. We've got a greed issue. We've got uh, the, the, the power struggle uh, and, and obviously the medical issue. I do not for once uh, believe that the COVID uh, is, is a hoax. People are dying. They're dying all around the world. We've seen it in Italy with the coffins uh, being Taken, taken out, the body bags uh, being being moved out of the hospitals and so forth. And the way we're going right now is the United States will probably catch um, uh, Italy in, in maybe by Monday or, or Tuesday or Wednesday of next week. We will now be number two as, as far as the cases go. So this is a very serious thing. So I think I have more questions, Chuck, than answers, but I do see Who's benefiting? You know that that old line. You know, cui bono? Who benefits from this? And what you're bringing up is is who benefits is is the bankers. It's not going to be uh, uh, Joe Public. It's it's going to benefit. It's going to be the bankers who are going to be in to take the prices down, just like happened in 1929. Drop all the prices, come in with the cash, buy everything up, and then run it back up again. So uh, that's that's my two cents. I wish I had more answers, but. Uh, uh, as a Christian, our, we put our trust in the Lord and, and just pray for his guidance to us. Thank you, Tom, uh, uh, Craig. And uh, I know Tom is gonna have comments or questions, but I wanna uh, just add one thought here in response to what you've said. Um, the, uh, uh, the, 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 the issue that's going on uh, is, is somewhat questionable in some respects. It is absolutely true that people are dying. However, we need to keep in mind that people have died of plagues, uh, not just the bubonic plague, but from good old fashioned flu that most of us have had at one time or another. And believe it or not, uh, I looked up how many people have died of flu in the United States in the last two years. And in one of those two years, it was 60,000 people. And in the other year, it was 80,000 people. Now, that's a big number, and it, doesn't hard, and it hardly makes the press. So we have had issues like this before, and it is possible 
it is quite possible that exaggeration can take place because uh, the numbers, of course, don't even begin to approach, as of yet at least, what uh, goes on with the sort of an everyday thing we live in year in and year out. So I'm not in any way minimizing what's happening or the loss to, to families and people uh, and uh, the agony of the whole thing, but it needs to be looked at in perspective in terms of how we do deal with it. Uh, I think your, your commentary about prayer is great, and I hate to see churches close where they, people are staying home from church because they're afraid of, uh, of catching uh, the COVID virus, COVID-19. Um, so, uh, the, but uh, the, uh, the, the upshoot of it, uh, as, you, as you said, uh, is that there are those who are always willing to take advantage of a natural situation. And uh, we are not uh, to lose our interest in the people that, that get the flu or get the uh, virus, or nor we nor we to invite ourselves invite it upon ourselves. Uh, but we need to keep in, in mind that there are those that benefit from these things, as you pointed out. Uh, why? Who would uh, who would miss a great opportunity? And this is, of course, a great opportunity for some. Uh, so uh, with that said, uh, I'd like to ask Tom if he has a comment, question, or thought, uh, since he's here today with us. Tom Compton is our coordinator for in Arizona for We Hold These Troops. Tom? Okay, thanks. And John. by the way, also our engineer today. What's, uh, okay. I have a few comments, actually. The situation, of course, is so fluid. And uh, even uh, latest, the uh, in China, they're actually going to be relaxing the uh, in the Wuhan area. It looks like it must be over the hump. So maybe that's a good indication of how the disease will progress throughout the uh, the world. And the one thing you were talking about, the two trillion dollars, I just heard today the situation is so fluid. They're talking about the Federal Reserve. Uh, pumping in up to $14 trillion uh, in, into the banks, loans that supposedly would be repaid back. And so it, it looks like a desperation on the part of the Federal Reserve System. One analyst who I guess is a liberal bent said, well, this uh, increased money that they put into, this, into the system won't infect prices. Well, we know that's that can't be possibly right. He had some uh, idea that, well, the velocity is not that great and not that I'm a, I understand all this thing, but we, we've seen the effects of inflation. We've talked about the Federal Reserve in the past is really the mechanism for financing wars. And so one way, of course, maybe is to start another war <laughs> to get his focus off this, but I think Everybody is focused on a COVID-19 right now, and we need to use a little common sense. I think we're losing that uh, as a society here. We've lost our capacity to critically think about issues and think about the other uh, person and so forth. So that's that's my two cents, Chuck. Thank you very much, Tom, and that's ex extremely well said. Uh, and uh, 
there have been great books written about the Fed, but you just pointed out that uh, this number has been dropped. Uh, I hadn't heard that particular number, but I knew that was coming. Uh, the Fed's talking about literally tens of trillions of dollars. And uh, the interesting question here is where does the Fed get the money to loan to the federal government that the federal government then spends? Where's, uh, where does the Fed get the 10 or $15 trillion that they're going to give to uh, our government in order to bail out what, airlines perhaps that uh, run out of money? Uh, defense establishments, Boeing Corporation is having trouble. Uh, gov the, the, our government is already talking about aid to the Boeing company. Uh, of course, they make airplanes. They also make war equipment. Uh, uh, bailing out Boeing uh, with money that our government borrows from the Federal Reserve, who prints the money out of thin air. What is this going to do to the cost of, of hamburger? at the store. What's it going to do to the cost of peanut butter and bread? Uh, if you want to know what it's going to cost, look at what's happened in the past to the price of penny candy that Craig talked about, uh, the price of coffee, the price of everything we eat and use. This is our reason for being concerned is this printing press idea, the helicopter money that's sent to everybody. This, this simply is going to drive up the costs and we're all going to have to pay for them. Now, Tom, you mentioned uh, the, the biggest abuse that takes place during times of crisis. And we need to be very conscious of the threat of war right now. Uh, our leader, our president, has made no bones about his desire to destroy certain governments. And there's been a constant uh, there's been a constant effort to, to bring about uh, hatred and, um, and fear of governments that uh, can't hold a candle to us, governments that are not as big as some of our companies. Uh, the, the Boeing company is, is bigger than some of the governments that we have threatened in the past. Uh, so why do our leaders uh, during times of crisis lead us into war. Uh, we, uh, we know why. We've looked at it carefully. They lead us into war because it gets our minds off our troubles. And it creates a bigger and better excuse for the Federal Reserve, that privately owned banking organization, to print more money to give to our Congress, uh, to uh, allow our Congress to allocate, uh, which then is burned up in the cost of wars. This is why we've had almost continuous war for the last 40 years um, and why we are, we are, we're seeing, seeing people campaign for more wars. So uh, Tom has brought up that uh, war might end up being uh, a product of what's going on today, and Tom couldn't be closer to right. That's exactly the simple method that's always used by government and especially by pe people who control the Federal Reserve System, uh, because uh, we're all patriotic. Uh, we all want to see our country uh, prevail. Uh, we don't want to be threatened by foreign powers. We don't want to be kicked around. We don't like to be abused by people who hate us or who we think hate us. Uh, so we, we accept war. 
it's easy to sell to us. War is the easiest thing to sell as long as you don't have to go and fight. And our leaders have figured out ways to conduct wars where very few people fight, except for those who are mercenaries and are paid to fight. And they're paid big wages. Uh, we see these mercenaries killed every now and then. Uh, they're called uh, agents. Uh, and they work for private organizations like Blackwater Corporation, whose business it is to help make war. So all of this can happen, Tom, you're dead on. And, uh, and along this subject of how the Fed operates and works, I'm gonna hold a book up here that is, uh, that is a classic, uh, written by a friend of ours who we, Tom and I, I know Tom knows him personally, so do I. Uh, by the way, Ed Griffin's name was mentioned earlier. I think Tom and I both knew Ed Griffin. Uh, and, uh, but this, this, I'll hold this book up. It's uh, Secrets of the Federal Reserve, if I can find the screen here. Uh, okay. Chuck, I, I might add, uh, the people that go to our website can actually read that. There is a digital copy uh, uh, of the Secrets of the Federal Reserve available for people to, to read. And I wanted to add one other thing that, uh, that people should, should realize. I think that... Uh, the, the question that U.S. is a Christian nation, really, this should show that we really are not, because one of the countries that's been hard hit is Iran. And of course, we've uh, been waging war on Iran through our sanctions, uh, 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 cutting down the amount of medical materials and that could get in to help the people. And so if we were really followers of Jesus Christ, we would we would relax these sanctions, but the likes of uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and Vice President Mike Pence, who claim to be Christians, we know them to be of the Christian Zionist flavor, why aren't they suggesting that we, and even with uh, North Korea, give them some relief uh, by cutting back on these sanctions, which are a form of war. So to anybody that's really looking at uh, this, there's no question that we're not acting as a Christian nation. We have Christians certainly that are in residence of this nation. And the major religion, as far as I can tell, is the religion of patriotism. Christianity uh, is, is really on the wane here in the United States. And so uh, we need to be urging uh, leaders to, hey, why don't we show the love of Christ by reducing uh, these sanctions to Iran? Because it, these sanctions really hurt the people. They don't hurt the government so much, as we well know. Tom, that's very good. And uh, uh, I want to thank you, and we'll try to have our friend Tom with us, uh, Tom Lacavaro with us uh, next time. Probably has just a problem getting in, uh, as I had a little bit problem getting in today. Uh, that can happen. So uh, we'll, we'll invite him back, and we'll do uh, part two of this issue on, uh, on the, the money side of the COVID-19 virus. And uh, I'd like to ask Craig to come back and uh, close us with your comment, and if you would, a closing prayer. Okay, Chuck. Uh, again, I just like to have anyone, you know, just just look at <laughs> look at this. This is the uh, U.S. debt clock. 
you know, this this program has cost about I don't know ten ten million dollars just in the time that we've we've had it on. Uh, we're now at uh, twenty twenty three point six uh, trillion dollars, and like like Tom said, this this could go. 14 12 14 trillion over this uh and it's it's absolutely nuts so again this is definitely beyond our pay grade but we know greater is he who's in us than he is in the world so let's let's close in prayer uh, father we thank you that none of this surprises you that you are the king of kings and lord of lords uh, we commit our lives to you and we know that our our hope is in you our trust is in you and that one day we can be with you in, in paradise. So we thank you, Father, for your promises, and we commit um, our lives to you in Jesus' name. Amen.